Welcome to On Fire. This is the On Fire podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Allen. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, uh, I just want you to be aware that if you just prefer the audio version of this podcast and don't want to have to look at my face, I totally get that. Uh, and, and just so you know, that option is available. Uh, the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, where mostly wherever you uh, get your podcasts. Also on Facebook. Uh, I think some missionaries can only listen on Facebook. So um, if they have that opportunity, it, it, it's there. Um, and you can just search that. It's on fire. Uh, and you can use my name, Ryan Allen, to, to find that. So although this podcast is intended for youth and young adults, Many of you listening, actually the, the majority of you listening are, are adults, are, are middle-aged adults. Um, and uh, this is not just for, for you. I think this is something I want uh, youth to understand also. Um, but I think it's easy for adults in the church to sometimes get lost and, and lose their sense of purpose. Um, a lot of adults don't know what they're supposed to be doing spiritually aside from uh, from serving in callings and, and from raising children. And it's easy to kind of get lost and, and give up when we stop having goals or when we feel like we can't progress any further. Uh, so when we're kids in elementary school, uh, we we look ahead to the time when we're going to go to junior high or middle school. And then when we're, when we're there, we look forward to, to going to high school. And then in high school, we might think about and, and prepare for college. Uh, we get to college and we're focused on on graduating and to get and getting a degree because once we have a degree we'll absolutely know everything uh, we need to know and be completely prepared for a successful career in our vocation and uh and so then i'm being sarcastic there hopefully you got that uh, th then we get a job and off we go um and when we're in school we might not give much thought to to career advancement or or what we really might want to accomplish over the next 40 or 50 years uh, that, that we're working. And our experience in the church might be similar. Um, as a child, I remember ad admiring the deacons when they would pass the sacrament. I, I couldn't wait to do what they were doing and then uh, to be a teacher and then a priest and then, uh, you know, had some serious things uh, to after that to, you know, receiving the Melchizedek priesthood and, and uh, being ordained an elder and then being endowed in the temple and, and going on a mission. And then after the mission, uh, the goal is to, to find a companion and then be sealed in the temple. And then once you've done that, ta-da, you've arrived, you're, you're done. Um, at least that's what I remember thinking as a young person. Uh, I thought that's kind of all there really was. And that kind of got reinforced as I would hear older people, maybe in fast and testimony meeting, um, express their, their joy in their, in their family and remark that, all of their children were, were married in the temple and sealed in the temple. And it seemed like they were kind of breathing a sigh of relief as if their work was finished and, and their family was, was set for all eternity. Um, and I've learned that isn't the case. And sadly, the sequel to some of those stories of, of these uh, sealed children has been divorce and apostasy, um, drug addiction, pornography, suicide and, and a variety of other challenges um, that, that can come to, to adults. So uh, I've learned since being a youth that there really is no such thing as coasting from the ceiling room to the celestial kingdom. Um, 
after being in the in the workforce for a few years, most of us realized that we really didn't know much of anything coming out of college. And and likewise, most of us realize after completing the sacred ordinances that we prepare for as youth in the temple, uh, that we are really just beginning and the difficult tests of, of life and of faith are in front of us rather than behind us. Our, our baptisms and our, our temple ordinances uh, don't serve to finish us. They rather um, prepare us for the difficulties ahead. But one of my favorite features of, of the restored gospel is the doctrine of, of eternal progression. Um, the, the traditional Christian view of heaven is a little bit depressing to me, and, and I think should be to anyone who understands uh, what God really has in mind. But uh, the idea of just escaping uh, escaping an eternity of, of torture and misery in a fiery hell is nice. It's appealing. Um, but going no further than to be, you know, basically free of opposition and, and to have pretty clouds to look at and a harp to play, it, it leaves me underwhelmed because I know... Uh, that God is far more generous and ambitious for his children than that. There's more that he wants to give us. He wants to give us all that he has. And one of the challenges of adult life as a Latter-day Saint is, is a lack of understanding about what we're supposed to do next. The prophet Nephi in the, in the Book of Mormon tells us several times that we need to endure to the end in order to be saved. And to a lot of us, enduring to the end sounds like a long drawn out slog through mortality and, and then finally being rescued by death. And, and we tend to assume that the end in, endure to the, in, in enduring to the end is death. But who said that that was the case? We just, no one's defined it that way in, uh, scripturally. So we, we, that's an assumption that we make. Um, we can actually come to the end of our, our probation or our proving period and still be alive as a, as a mortal, um, as a mortal, not immortal. Um, it, it took me a lot of years to, to learn this, but um, just holding on until death isn't what the Lord has in mind for us. Just like we progressed through school from grade to grade, we progressed through mortality from grace to grace. In, in section 93 of the Doctrine and Covenants, Doctrine and Covenants it gives us some insight uh, into Jesus's mortal life. This is a unique view to Latter-day Saint theology, to our beliefs. Um, verse 13 says, speaking of Jesus, he received not of the fullness at first, but continued from grace to grace until he received a fullness. So Jesus's life is, is basically a template for us. Uh, a couple times in 3 Nephi, when, when Jesus is, is actually there with the, with the people in the Book of Mormon, uh, he tells the people, that which ye have seen me do, even that shall ye do. And he also said, follow me and do the things which ye have seen me do. Okay, so that's that's what we're to, to try to do. Um, Elder D. Todd Christofferson taught this from his, uh, this is his general conference address called Why the Church, October 2015. Quote, it is important to recognize that God's ultimate purpose is our progress. His desire is that we continue from grace to grace until we receive a fullness of all he can give. That requires more than simply being nice or feeling spiritual. It requires faith in Jesus Christ, repentance, baptism of water and of the spirit, and enduring in faith to the end. 
So there we have that again enduring to the end, but what, what's the end? Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, so we, we talked about progressing from grace to grace. So grace is defined um, uh, in, in the, the church has defined grace basically as, uh, the, as Christ's enabling power given to man. So if we continue from grace to grace, it means that we, we continue to increase in power. Uh, we might wonder what kind of power this is. Well, it's, it's knowledge, it's faith, it's strength to overcome temptation, and it's, it's an upgrade in our nature and our character. It's basically a step up uh, toward Jesus Christ. So when we're, when we're young or new in the church, we have ordinances to look forward to uh, for our progression. Um, and the church is very good about uh, about doing that, that, that uh, you know, bishops and ward councils um, are, are part of their responsibilities are to help a member progress to the next ordinance. Um, and that's great. But my question is, do those end once we've been sealed to a spouse in the temple? Is that it? And the answer, thankfully, is, is no. Now, this is sacred ground, and I, I want to tread it lightly, but, uh, but there's definitely more to obtain in this life after the sealing ordinance. Um, we sometimes call it the crowning ordinance of the house of the Lord, and it is, but only after it's ratified by the Holy Spirit of promise. That's basically the stamp of approval by the Holy Ghost, who's a member of, of the Godhead. It's not an automatic. We're told in the temple that the blessings associated by the uh, associated with the ordinances um, that we participate in are conditional upon our faithfulness, uh, that we don't automatically get those blessings, that it's if we're faithful, uh, then, then we'll receive those blessings. But yes, there's more. So uh, we should always be looking forward. And uh, there are some things that the Lord has, has kind of hidden in plain sight that many of, of us saints haven't noticed. I think it's important to understand that, that there are higher blessings that are available to us. And I want to just to briefly discuss and touch on a few of those. Um, I feel like many of us know that there are sacred experiences and higher blessings available, but that those are for those at the top of the ecclesiastical ladder. And by that, I mean uh, the, their experiences for the brethren, for members of the Quorum of the Twelve, uh, and first presidency for, for prophets. Uh, but President Joseph Fielding Smith said this to the brethren in a priesthood session of General Conference. This is from April of, of 1970. He said, quote, I do not care what office you hold in the church. You may be an apostle, you may be a patriarch, a high priest, or anything else, but you cannot receive the fullness of the priesthood and the, and the fullness of eternal reward unless you receive the ordinances of the house of the Lord. And when you receive these ordinances, the door is then open so you can obtain all the blessings which any man can gain. Do not think because someone has a higher office in the church than you have that you are barred from receiving the fullness of the Lord's blessings. You can have them sealed upon you as an elder if you are faithful. And when you receive them and live faithfully and keep these covenants, you then have all that any man can get. Close quote. So when an individual goes to the temple for their own endowment, uh, they first they first participate in uh, what was known as the initiatory ordinance, uh, also known as washing and anointing. Um, 
you may have seen this kind of thing depicted in uh, in literature or in film, um, a depiction of a coronation ceremony for uh, for royalty. Uh, in in a lot of cultures, especially in Europe, um, when a new king or queen is is to take over as ruler, um, they're washed and anointed with oil, and uh, and and then crowned a king or a queen. Or some, in some instances, there are um, other other rituals or there are covenants that they make uh, to the people or, or or in relation to the office that they'll hold, um, and. All of these rituals basically originated with the the kings of ancient Israel, um, and in in the temple initiatory ordinance, a poor, a person is is washed symbolically and then anointed to become, sometime in the future, a king or a queen, a, and a, a priest or a priestess, and it's a it's a preparatory ordinance. However, as you proceed uh, to the endowment ceremony. Uh, you're told in the beginning some very important information. Uh, and if you, uh, if you are endowed, the next time that you go um, and do an endowment session, I want you to listen uh, to what you're told in, in the, um, right at the beginning of, of the endowment ceremony. You're, you're, uh, in essence, you're, you're told that if you're true and faithful, the time will come. And it's, it's talked about um, the initiatory being done washed and anointed and then you're told that if you're true and faithful the time will come when when you will actually be anointed a king or a queen and a priest or a priestess whereas the initiatory ordinance that you've done uh, just prepares you for that eventuality um, and you aren't told how or when that happens and um, i'm not going to say more about it uh, other than that there's no mention of it belonging to the next life i think that a lot of us hear that and, and assume that that's how it works. But I think that's an assumption we make without any support. Uh, it's my opinion that, that there will be many saints who inhabit Zion when the savior comes, who, who will have those blessings bestowed upon them. Uh, the scriptures tell us that when Jesus comes in his, for his second coming, he comes to reign as King of Kings. And I don't see how he can be King of Kings. Uh, if he's the only King, if there aren't lesser or lower kings for him to preside over, um, so and and queens as well. So those those will be um, those blessings ought to be realized by uh, by those who who are building and and residing in Zion. So that's something that that Latter Day Saints can strive to qualify for by being true and faithful and and keeping the covenants they made in the temple. They can realize the completion of. Of that initiatory ordinance okay so that's that's one thing um and i, I know i've just touched on it briefly and i don't want to uh I, I don't want it to take that lightly that's something that is is sacred and uh and a lot of that discussion belongs in in the temple um but something that is is there's a lot of information about um and a lot on on the church website that you can look at uh, is in regard to this this next topic. Uh, so last Sunday in our sacrament meeting, my ward sang the hymn, Come Listen to a Prophet's Voice. And verse four of that hymn was written and added by Elder Bruce R. McConkie of, of the Quorum of the Twelve, uh, years after that, that song was originally written. And this is what the verse says that he added. 
Then heed the words of truth and light that flow from fountains pure. Yea, keep his law with all thy might till thine elections sure. Till thou shalt hear the holy voice assure eternal reign, while joy and cheer attend thy choice as one who shall obtain. Now there, there is beautiful doctrine taught in those brief lines. Um, let's see if we can determine what it is Elder McConkie is, is counseling us to strive for. Uh, so one of the things that he says is keep his law with all thy might till thine elections sure. So let's talk about that. What does that mean? How, what does it mean to have your election sure? Um, to be elect means to be chosen by God. Uh, one's election means one's being chosen. So if an election is made sure, then it's guaranteed. So making your election sure means to have your exaltation guaranteed by the Lord. It means he's, he's saying unconditionally that you are uh, destined for eternal life, for, for exaltation. Um, so there, there are some other phrases that are used in the scriptures that are, are synonymous with, with election or calling an election made sure. Uh, some of those are, it's not a complete list, but some are uh, receiving the more sure word of prophecy, uh, which we'll discuss a little bit more. Um, being sealed up unto eternal life or being sealed up unto exaltation. Uh, accepted of the Lord. Great and precious promises. Uh, partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the heavenly gift. Um, being the elect of God or uh, entering into the rest of the Lord. You'll recognize that um, that phrase from, from the Book of Mormon. It's used often there. Um, Peter uses several of these phrases um, as he admonishes his audience to seek for this. So see if you can pick those out. This is, this is Peter writing to the church. This is 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. He says this, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to, the, to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then skipping down to verse 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then skipping down to verse 19 of that chapter. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Okay, so I think there I counted four of those phrases that I mentioned earlier uh, that, that Peter mentions. Um that last one, the more sure word of prophecy, um, is defined for us in the Doctrine and Covenants. So in uh, section 131, in verse 5, uh, it, it defines the more sure word of prophecy like this. It says, the more sure word of prophecy means a man's knowing that he is sealed up unto eternal life by revelation and the spirit of prophecy through the power of the holy priesthood. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. That more sure word of prophecy is, is the voice of the Lord declaring uh, that one is sealed up unto eternal life. Uh, that's how a man would know. Um, so 
there's a lot of things that we can experience and we can look at different people in the scriptures and, uh, and participating in sacred experiences alone doesn't actually qualify one to have their, their calling election made sure. The Lord will declare it to them through his own voice, which is, is the more sure word. Uh, Joseph Smith said this, quote, Though they might hear the voice of God and know that Jesus was the Son of God, this would be no evidence that their election and calling was made sure. They then would want that more sure word of prophecy that they were sealed in the heavens and had the promise of eternal life in the kingdom of God. Then having this promise sealed unto them, it was an anchor to the soul, sure and steadfast. Though the thunders might roll and, the, and lightnings flash and earthquakes bellow and war gather thick around, yet this hope and knowledge would support the soul in every hour of trial, trouble, trial, trouble and tribulation. Um, that's the end of that quote. So the, the prophet Joseph there explains why the Lord would offer us this blessing, basically to provide an anchor to the soul, to provide hope and, and knowledge to see us through trials. Uh, so those who are destined for eternal life, he can declare that to them and, and for their, uh, for their comfort and their, um, and, and their, um, and an anchor to them. Hopefully that makes sense. So in the, in the April, 2013 general conference, elder Jeffrey R. Holland, uh, essentially bore his testimony of, of the restoration of, of the church and of the gospel. And then he closed his talk with this quote, these things I declare to you with the conviction Peter called the more sure word of prophecy. What was once a tiny seed of belief for me has grown into the tree of life. So if your faith is a little tested in this or any season, I invite you to lean on mine. I know this work is God's very truth. And I know that only at our peril would we allow doubt or devils to sway us from its path. Hope on, journey on. Honestly acknowledge your questions and your concerns, but first and forever fan the flame of your faith because all things are possible to them that, that believe. Close quote. So Elder Holland there declares that the, uh, the position he's testifying from is one who has received the more sure word of prophecy and, and the confirmation to his testimony is through the more sure word of prophecy, which, which is the actual voice of God. Uh, and then that last statement uh, is actually one of the themes of this podcast. It's up on, on our website, uh, first and forever fan the flame of your faith because all things are possible to them that they, that, to them that believe so the flame of faith, uh, has to do with it with our name of our podcast on fire. All right. So, uh, doctrine and covenant section 88 verses three and four, um, explains that the, explains the Holy Ghost's role in this and explains that having your calling and election made sure provides comfort, uh, having eternal life sealed upon you is considered a, a comforter. So it says this, wherefore I now send upon you another comforter, even upon you, my friends, that it may abide in your hearts, even the Holy spirit of promise, which other comforter is the same that I promised unto my disciples as recorded in the testimony of John. This comforter is the promise which I give unto you of eternal life, even the glory of the celestial kingdom. And what a comfort that would be if you can um, imagine that. Imagine what you could do um, in, in your life and how it would be different if you had the peace of knowing that your 
exaltation uh, was was assured, was, was guaranteed. And that's why the Lord wants us to seek for it so we can have that peace, so we can have that, that comfort. Um, Elder Bruce R. McConkie gives us more details in, in his book called Doctrinal New Testament Commentary. Uh, he tells us this, quote, to have one's calling and election made sure is to be sealed up unto eternal life. It is to have the unconditional guarantee of exaltation in the highest heaven of the celestial world. It is to receive the assurance of Godhood. It is in effect to have the day of judgment advanced so that in so that an inheritance of all the glory and honor of the Father's kingdom is assured prior to the day when the faithful actually enter into the divine presence to sit with Christ in his throne, even as he is set down with his father in his throne. Close quote. Um, Elder McConkie also taught that the, the unconditional guarantee means that a person's actions have been fully approved, that there are no more conditions to be met by the obedient person. And uh, a person who receives this uh, is still capable of, of sinning um, and, and, and will, um, but the Lord is confident that that person will repent and will continue to try. And so uh, with his foreknowledge can make that declaration to, to the person. Uh, when I first started learning about this, I, I kind of thought that this topic was kind of off limits because it's not talked about hardly at all. Um, at least it wasn't for, to me. And, and so um, and I also kind of thought that, that being humble meant that you wouldn't, um, wouldn't be looking for this or wouldn't consider yourself worthy of something like this. And so that's kind of the, the impression that I had uh, before I, I started to study this. And, and um, that view is, is, is not, certainly not what Elder McConkie is teaching in the, the hymn uh, verse that he wrote. And it's not what Peter taught either. Um, they admonished us to, to seek after it and to strive for it. Um, the prophet Joseph Smith also exhorted the saints to seek to, to qualify for assured exaltation. He, he said this to, to the saints, quote, I would exhort you to go on and continue to call upon God until you make your calling and election sure for yourselves by obtaining this more sure word of prophecy and wait patiently for the promise until you obtain it, close quote. So let's, Let's look at some examples uh, of the Lord making someone's calling an election sure. Now, keep in mind the other phrases that I mentioned earlier that, that mean the same thing, uh, or, or, or maybe an implication of something's implied by the Lord. Um, let's see if you can catch that. So uh, in the Book of Mormon, in, in Mosiah chapter 26, verse 20, the Lord is speaking to Alma Sr., Alma the Elder, and he tells him this, Thou art my servant, and I covenant with thee, that thou shalt have eternal life and thou shalt serve me and go forth in my name and shalt gather together my sheep. That is, that's beautiful. And, and can you imagine receiving that? And I want you to imagine that because I want you uh, to, to have that desire and, and to seek for this. Uh, but the Lord says, I covenant with thee that thou shalt have eternal life. What a comfort that would have been for Alma. Um, another example from the Book of Mormon is the prophet Nephi. This is Nephi, son of Helaman. Um, and this is in Helaman uh, chapter 10, starting in verse 3 uh, through 5. And it came to pass that as he was thus pondering in his heart, behold, a voice came unto him, saying, Blessed art thou, Nephi, for those things which thou hast done. 
for I have beheld how thou hast with unweariingness declared the word which I have given unto thee unto this people. And thou hast not feared them, and hast not sought thine own life, but hast sought my will, and to keep my commandments. And now because thou hast done this with such unweariingness, behold, I will bless thee forever, and I will make thee mighty in word and deed, in faith and in works, yea, even that all things shall be done according unto thee, according to thy word. For thou shalt not ask that which is contrary to my will. Um, so again, that, that's more of an implication of, of this blessing, um, but it's accompanied by power where basically Nephi is able to basically act like a god that he uh, can command the elements. He commands uh, the, the, the rains to not to fall and, and there's, a, there's a famine. The Lord um, gives him, him power to, uh, to do whatever he sees fit because he knows it will not be in opposition to his will. So another example uh, in, in modern times um, is the prophet Joseph Smith. He received his calling and election made sure through the more sure word of prophecy. Um, the Lord tells Joseph, this is in, in section 132 of the Doctrine and Covenants in, uh, in verse 49. He says, For I am the Lord thy God and will be with thee even unto the end of the world and through all eternity. For verily I seal upon you your exaltation and prepare a throne for you in the kingdom of my father, with Abraham your father. So those are a few examples. They aren't the only examples, but they're, they're a few. So what about you and me? <laughs> how, do we, how do we go about trying to make this happen for us? How can we have this as, as a, a, an objective or, or a goal um, in our lives? Um, the prophet Joseph Smith gave these instructions on on how to obtain this promise of eternal life. He said this, quote, after a person has faith in Christ, repents of his sins, and is baptized for the remission of his sins and receives the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands, which is the first comforter, then let him continue to humble himself before God, hungering and thirsting after righteousness and living by every word of God. And that every word of God would be specific to that person and, and what the Lord uh, speaks to that person through the light of Christ or through the Holy Ghost. Continuing on. And the Lord will soon say unto him, Son, thou shalt be exalted when the Lord has thoroughly proved him and finds that the man is determined to serve him at all hazards, then the man will find his calling and election made sure. Close quote. He says man, that, that's mankind. That applies to you sisters also. So President Marion G. Romney, as a member of the, the Council of the Twelve, uh, said this to the saints in, uh, in general conference. Quote, the fullness of eternal life is not attainable in mortality, but the peace, which is its harbinger, and which comes as a result of making one's calling and election sure, is attainable in this life. The Lord has promised that he who doeth the works of righteousness shall receive his reward, even peace in this world and eternal life in the world to come. Close quote. Now, I feel like it's important for us to know and understand these available gifts because they, they give us something to continue to, to strive for. Um, enduring to the end doesn't really mean just, just holding on until death. Um, it implies continually progressing and increasing in faith and power and um and receiving 
uh, the additional blessings that the Lord is is prepared to bestow upon us. Um, for me, understanding what is actually available in this life motivates me to, to reach higher and, and to work with the Savior to become sanctified so that I can successfully pass through trials and be proven faithful over time. And, and I think this requires patience also because uh, this, this may not be something that we achieve in this life. It, it may, um, but we, we can seek for it. And, um, and it, may, it may take a long time uh, for the Lord to, to prove us. And my, for me, it's probably, it probably will be a long time because I, uh, I don't feel anywhere close and, um, and I, and, and I need to more successfully pass through the trials that the Lord places upon me. Um, but the savior will, will help me with that and will help you with that. And, um, and this is, is totally, uh, attainable, uh, for you and I. So I, I invite you to spend some time contemplating and, and pondering on these things. Uh, this isn't the end of the list of higher blessings by any means. So we'll, we'll discuss more in the next episode, um, more that the Lord has to, to bless us with. But I, I witness to you that God is good and is, is eager to shower down blessings upon those who, who take seriously their covenants and who continually call upon him for mercy and for grace. The Lord will continue to bless you uh, with as much as, as you can handle as soon as you're prepared to receive it. So please don't be complacent and, and don't be satisfied with lesser blessings. And don't think this isn't for you. Continue moving forward and upward and increasing in righteous power and in knowledge. And the Lord will continue to give you increase. I so testify in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen.